0: Welcome to On the Other Side, where we talk crypto, culture, and society, and how crypto might shape society and change how real humans live their actual lives, something we do not talk enough about. Every week, I have on cool people from the crypto industry to talk about what they're building and what the implications of that might be for real human beings. I am here with Jess Sloss from Seed Club, the official instigator um, of Seed Club. Jess, thanks so much for coming on the show. Glad to be here. I'm super excited to chat about all things social tokens and everything that you're working on. But before we get into that, do you want to give a little bit of a, a background on seed Club, what it means to be the instigator and, and what you're you're working on and thinking about?
1: Sure. So C Club is a social token DAO. We build, create, and invest in the communities that are defining the new internet. Usually they have tokens at the core, either NFTs or, or fungible tokens. Some might call them DAOs. We'll see what the language ends up being as as sort of time progresses. Our belief is that there's you know billions of dollars worth of value that's created online, but most of that's captured by platforms and, and not people. And that tokens change that. Tokens give communities superpowers to capitalize, to govern, to reward, incentivize, to align. And I think it's still really, really early. There's still a lot to be figured out. And so our way to be useful is to bring some of the smartest people together into a group to help. You know, ask good questions and answer them. So we run an accelerator program where we bring the smartest people that are building tokenized communities together and expose them to our you know, amazing collaborator group that includes some of the best builders, investors, thinkers in the space. Um, and then we also run a studio program where we you know, help work with communities to introduce tokens and bring them on chain. And I call myself an instigator because C-Club's a DAO. Uh, we, we live on Ethereum and When I was trying to think through, like, what is it that I actually do is I kind of just raised my hand and said, hey, I'll I'll take responsibility and let's go do this. And I think Instigator captures that well. And my job, I think, moving forward is just to continue to stir the pot in productive ways.
0: You sort of alluded to this, but I'm super curious because I think this vocabulary is definitely evolving. What are your thoughts on the difference between a DAO, a tokenized community, a community that's maybe like centered around social tokens like i'm I'm very curious how you think about terminology here
1: yeah that's such a, a big question i think there's like the the pragmatic marketing answer to that which is whatever people are talking about and what they're googling like we should be calling it this so i think like early the companies used to be called like like you know we're talking about I'm from Canada so like Hudson's Bay Trading Company right it's a company or it's something incorporated and like the type of of organization was v- in vogue when it was new and it was usually part of their names and so i think we have like flamingo dow and squiggle dow we're we're using the word dow to kind of like say hey this is different than what exists out there right now but i think at a certain point you just you know why why do you need to say that i'm an llc or you know a, a c corp or whatever so i think that language kind of disappears and what we're left with is Probably communities or some other, you know, language that, that defines these organizations. I think to me, communities like there are a lot of communities on the internet, and they just have not been given the tools, in my opinion, to to really thrive. And so, one of those tools might be a, a, a tool that allows them to operate more like a DAO. But I think there's also a lot more lightweight ways that we can kind of introduce tokens and decision making and, and uh, collaboration that maybe don't warrant the full on. DAO name as you can tell i'm not super certain on this right now i think we're in this time and place where DAOs are like really on vogue and and are going to be very popular in the next little while so probably smart to lean into that but i think is going to capture the attention of the early early adopter early majority but probably be completely lost in, on the late majority and i think in crypto generally we're sort of stuck in between this world where There are people who get it or who want to get it, who we need to really serve and and engage, but also we need to have a mind at like who's coming next. And I don't think we've really figured that out beyond maybe, you know, speculating on dog coins.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think we saw this evolution with NFTs too, in terms of terminology. There was a world where we were like, NFTs are never going to be what people call these like digital assets, which... Now I'm hearing more of like NFTs or a file type, and that feels much more easy to understand. But to your point, DAOs are very much, they're a little bit more fluid and a little bit more, um, they're harder to define. You know, they're not a single thing that you can point to. The idea of like lightly introducing tokens into communities is super interesting. I'm curious in general, like how do you map out the social token landscape? Because it feels like there's a lot going on. yeah.
1: <laughs> It's, it's, uh, so I think social token was a term that, you know, we were really excited for because, um, it kind of chunked up or like was a more of a meta term that was trying to capture a lot of the things that were happening in the space. You know, you go back 10 months ago, people were talking about personal tokens and community tokens as being like the exact same thing. So, you know, I think social tokens are like the, the top end of the, of the category. And I think it chunks down into, uh, personal tokens, brand tokens, community tokens, Um, and I think in each of those, there's like, you know, further distinctions, I guess, we know we're most interested in community tokens. And so within the community token space, we sort of break it into creator focused communities. So maybe these are like artists or musicians or influencers that might have communities around them that would sort of empower those communities with tokens. Um, and then. You know, for lack of a better term, the, the other sort of subset is just communities. And maybe that's where we'll, we should use the word DAO. Uh, but these are groups of people that are collectively creating value together. It's sort of many to many. There's some broader purpose beyond. And I think it's, it's easy to look at many social tokens as just speculation on the future popularity of, of a person or an idea. Um, I think that's what turn into be a, a multi-billion dollar opportunity. What we're most interested in is sort of like how do you change the dynamic between you know fan and creator or how do you empower communities to to go do things they couldn't do before which i think is sort of like collectively funding and and earning and owning and creating value in the world that's beyond just sort of speculation
0: the idea of value creation i think is like really interesting and something that seems like it's very much still being defined in a lot of different ways i'm curious your take right now on some of the stuff that's going on whether it's with like friends with benefits or creators launching their own tokens what do you think is most interesting from an experimentation perspective of value creation
1: yeah i mean i think there's there's so much going on i I think right now we're finally in a phase where there's some early traction with these projects and and so it's less about like are they going to exist and is there value or or purpose behind them and, and more like okay how what, what can we go build that's actually useful to our community or to the community you know the, the crypto community more broadly so I think what uh, you know Alex and Cooper and the team over at Friends of Benefits are doing to like look at what sort of tools they can build or to you know really take the sort of this idea of connection online into the real world I think are huge both of those are like just sort of expand what people think are possible with these tokenized communities so you know the fact that there's a hundred people waiting outside a club in Miami that I was stuck out there with them, and that people were stoked on it and talking about how amazing, how you know, this just changes the whole idea of what Friends with Benefits was for them. I think just speaks to like how much room there is for this to sort of spread beyond just a Discord group, right? Like there's there's so much value there, and then also they're I know they're looking at different ways of like rolling out new products, so whether that's their their newsletter or community guides or looking at Discord bots or, like, I, I think there's just so much. Um, you know, community-led businesses, I think, are a trend even before you throw crypto on top of them. And I think it's so, as soon as you throw a token on top of it, it, just creates a whole lot more of an interesting dynamic and incentive to, to collaborate. So i say that that's, you know, one, really interested in what the bankless community is doing. I think there's like financial products that are going to be spun out of that community that are going to generate serious revenue. Stoked on that. We're pushing forward some interesting things at SquiggleDAO, which is one of our projects, sort of formed around this mutual collector i love and and i guess association with a, a digital collectible called the chromie squiggle uh, which is generative on-chain art but the idea there is to sort of use that to bootstrap community and then use that community to help launch new artists and build up the treasury within within the DAO. so you can kind of see this investor incubator type business model rolling out and then i think what we're doing at c club really we're we're trying to figure out how do we scale something that, that might have been traditionally difficult to scale. And then also, how do we continue to increase the quality of the projects and the people that we work with? And so a curation piece is is super key. So for that, I would sort of look at what the, the team over at Mirror is doing as far as how do they onboard people into the, the Mirror ecosystem. And I think there's a lot we can learn from there.
0: Yeah, I think the scaling of DAOs now seems like something that's sort of getting figured out, especially because it feels like the more people come into the space, the more speculators you end up having just like naturally because you're gonna have a certain percentage of people coming in do you think this speculation piece is just inevitable and then you know for like average people that want to to explore generative art or different like pieces here what does that look like like is it curation that ends up being the thing that most people do is it going to be super differentiated and so everyone's going to do different things sort of like two big questions on you there but like what does it mean for real people
1: Two big questions and then one even bigger question. Yeah. I mean, to start with the the last one there, I think, uh, uh, yeah, I think we'll, you know, it's just been this long trend of increasing fragmentation and how we work, right? Like you went from working for one company to probably job hopping to many companies to being a freelancer to, you know, I think the majority of people in in the future will be working for a number of DAOs and you're going to build a reputation and you're going to use that reputation to, to unlock earning opportunities and probably to start your own things. And so I think there's like that that's going to on the low end, just be investment or speculation, people buying and holding and and signaling. Uh, But on the, on the high end, it's going to be people taking responsibility to innovate and push things forward and build things. And I, I think it's just these rails just make it a lot more fluid and less frictionful to, to go and, do things together, which I think changes the game on some levels, but ultimately is more just sort of like a, a slight evolution from, I think the the long path that we've been on for the last little while on the speculation point. Yeah. I, I don't, I love speculation. Bubbles are great. I mean, th- this is how things change. Obviously it'd, it'd be ideal if we could just pick and choose what are going to be the winners and better, you know, perfectly allocate capital and effort to things, but that's uh, not how the world works. And and I think maybe it's not even the ideal way for things to work. I think life gets more interesting as we have the juiceros and weird shit in the world. We see this wave consistently in crypto where speculation brings in new people. A lot of people just leave because it's just that they lose money, but there's a, you know, that came in during the 2017 bubble. I know a lot of people did the same thing. So there's like a lot of good people stay around and build stuff. So uh, I think that's going to be the same for communities. But yeah, I think like, what does the world look like when most of your favorite musicians or creators are collaborating on different community initiatives? Um, they have their own tokens, um, you own hundreds or thousands of tokens, like I think it get weird pretty quick. My expectation is there'll be some tools and platforms that kind of like mitigate that. But right now that's manifesting in me being a part of like hundred plus Discord servers, but really only deeply engaging with maybe three. So.
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's where I think some of these pieces around like, what does participation look like? and And I think tools like Rabbit Hole and others are coming along trying to sort of, figure out how to be the matchmaker of skills and needs in a lot of these communities. But I also feel like there are like creator tokens where mostly your community is an audience. And then there are maybe more community tokens where, and this is at least right now where token holders and people within the community are like contributors and participants. Do you think that some of these communities where token holders are more of an audience, A will exist, B I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on like identity in that realm, because it kind of feels like if my identity is being, you know, a Kid Cudi fan and I hold a Kid Cudi token, maybe that's enough. How do you see something like identity playing a role in these in these worlds?
1: Yeah, you ask all the small questions, Chase. Uh, I so know, I think, I'm like, sorry,
0: I'm loading them all on you.
1: Yeah, Three-part question, super deep. Uh, well, I think like identity in a fan community is like the core product right? Like I, I belong and I am a part of this thing and I am betting on the future. I, I think it comes down to like, you either want to be early and signal that you're early and that's, you get in and it, and the price blows up or the person blows up, or they're super popular. And I get to have that, that badge or that, you know, was in Bitcoin in 20, you know, 2009 type thing. And everybody's like, well, I got into, I got into Kid Cudi in 2011. And it was, yeah, like,
0: you discovered them.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that that's part of it. And then I think there's, yeah, beyond that, there's sort of the, the sense of belonging, right? Where not only will I be able to like signal that I'm I am a Key County fan, but there's also going to be like levels of that, right? So whether that's me earning or the badges I might have or some other sort of tokenized reward structure that exists within that, that, that community. So I think like identity and belonging is like really the core core value there. And then the speculative value of like the betting on the future growth or potential of, of this person I think the wild card there is how how far into these communities will these creators lean because I, I think like the the line between like community that creates value and audience that is just buying tokens is pretty fuzzy but ultimately it comes down to intention and and some structural pieces there so you know if I'm kid cutty and I'm I release 10 nfts and all the revenue of those nfts go into a, a community owned treasury and we're using those funds along with our tokens to kind of like grow a mission that's bigger than than any of us then okay you're really into a community pretty quickly but if you're just going to say okay well buy my bit cloud i want more people to buy my bit cloud and the price is going to go up and therefore i am creating value i think that's like yeah, you know, a different thing. And I think both are like massive business opportunities. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I actually lost the plot on what your question
0: was there, but I, I hope I hit it. It was a, a it was sort of a plotless question. Well, it went okay. a lot of different ways. You yeah. did a good job answering it. Uh, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm also thinking about like some of the things going on with song camp and, and other communities like that. Do you see a world in which actually there are mostly sort of DAOs or communities that are just artists and then people can engage with them. Do you see it really all being this sliding scale like what you're talking about? Like I'm I'm very curious how Song Camp, for example, scales.
1: I think like what we'll see is the, the most valuable organizations in the sort of tokenized community or, or web three world will be ones that are replacing incumbents in the web two or, or traditional business world. So any any middle people, so whether that's an agency or a, a label or a publishing house or you know, university or whatever, I think they're going to be replaced by organizations that are more value aligned. Most musicians want a major label record deal, even though those deals are often really shitty for them. And it's because they have this potential to reach more people, to scale, to have money to invest in things. Like there's a real value that there's a signal to it, right? Like there's sort of like a you stand out from the pack because Universal signed you. So I think that value is there and, and it's there's so much value there that people are willing to give away 85% of their revenue and their master rights to, to, to access it. So I think like there is so much value in intermediaries, but the incentives are just really misaligned. And so can these Web3 organizations and communities better align those incentives? And you know, my belief is that ownership through tokens is the way that that, that gets changed, right? Where SongCamp is... In my opinion, an early look at what a Web three record label could look like, or creative agency could look like, and the the key for why there's long term value there is that they're able to bring capital to bear, they're able to bring a brand that sort of helps people stand out in this, and is you know that people want to be associated with, and they're able to distribute or, or get this you know creative endeavor out to more people so that they can continue to do more dope work, and you know I think that as long as there's people who are participating in those places feel a sense of ownership and association with this thing there's a whole other level of unlock of sort of value that can be created there and how do you scale it well i think there's a number of ways to scale it 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 starts to look very much like how do you scale a record label well you find great people who can go run a playbook in different areas build great relationships um, build out the business models and the financing models I think those are all still pretty early but very doable
0: Interesting. I mean, you're seeing something that's sort of similar with DAOs that are doing a lot of investing, even in like projects within the ecosystem. It's, it's quite similar in that you're taking out VCs and you're replacing it with a DAO, which in a lot of ways is probably much better. In terms of the, the sort of mainstream, quote unquote, mainstream piece of, of social tokens, you and I talked last week in the FWB chat a little bit about what it looks like for like mainstream mm, social tokens to sort of hit. And and like I think the conversation was sort of alluding to this question of A, what what needs to be crypto native, what doesn't, and B, what is like the value that's provided? What's your hypothesis on mainstream adoption and the the path there?
1: <laughs> yeah. So I come from the belief that that there are parts of crypto that should not be watered down, and I think ultimately, like the, the question of like why a token comes down to ownership and the things that that sort of entails, um, and and maybe frictionless ownership, global ownership, um, and so I think like the the big challenge in bringing mainstream into crypto generally is like how do how do we do that in a way that doesn't actually completely remove the reason for the stuff in the first place. So I think we will probably see a bunch of attempts at say web 2.5. You can buy with credit card, easy to onboard. We're managing your account for you. You don't have to have a wallet. And, and I think the, the, the big question there is like, can those organizations transition into web three? Like, is it really like a good on-ramp into giving people ownership and and, and agency over the assets that they, they own and hold? Big Cloud Rally, like doing, I think, great things in in trying to push that stuff forward. NFTs as well, I think are really big unlocks there what's less certain to me is like, are those places where culture is actually going to be developed? And does that matter? So like, I think for most people's interaction into crypto is one of like speculation and and wanting to invest in something. Uh, I think what NFTs in this last wave have really shown is that actually culture can be a huge driver, right? And maybe it's actually a better driver. Like I want to be, I want to be in FWB or I want to be with Bobby hundreds. I want to be seen as the kid Cudi top collector or whatever. Um, and so I think if, if culture is super important, then I think the the traditionally people who are actually driving culture are not playing, you know, you're not going to go on Facebook to to be cool right now. Like you're going to go on Facebook to I don't know, scream at a cloud as an old man, I think. And so I think it's going to be weird crypto culture things that actually start to drive broader culture rather than broader culture like co-opting weird crypto things. And so I think if you're like a a large artist, you need to come over and play in this game and play in it well, rather than just trying to take bits and pieces from it. And so through that lens, I I think something like, you know, that that does a a web 2.5 type offering has got a little less to offer there. Like, in fact, like maybe jumping through hoops is seen as a big benefit. I know at, at FWB, like it's not about trying to get as many people into that Discord server. It's about getting the right people in. And the fact that you have to buy FWB on, on Uniswap is actually a phenomenal feature and not a negative piece of that onboarding. Is that the same for everybody? No. But yeah. So I you know, I think culture, I think social, I think NFTs are where people get into the space. I'm pretty proud of this one line, but I think like the next hundred million users into crypto come from Kanye and not from Compound. And I I think that'll prove to be true, but the exact path, yeah. I don't know. There's still a lot of friction.
0: The concept of co-opting crypto culture, it's a very interesting one to me. And I'm super curious how you think about someone like Kanye, right? Taking a step back right now, I think even a lot of NFT artists or artists who want to get into NFTs, I think some of them struggle because you kind of need to appeal to the existing crypto crowd who's going to spend two ETH on an NFT or 10 ETH or whatever it is. And so it feels like there's this weird balance that has to be made for creators to, yes, build in a way that's crypto native or that really has crypto at its core while also trying to appeal to your existing audience. When you bring people into Seed Club or when people come to you and they say, I want to launch a token and maybe their audience is not crypto native, how does that conversation go? Because it does feel like you need to do really well a crypto native audience.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you're totally right. We're sort of in this middle zone right now where if you're just trying to make things for a crypto audience, that's not really your audience, you're probably not going to do well. And if you try to make things for a non-crypto audience, that's crypto at its core, you're probably not going to do well. And so I think like, the, the big opportunity for us in the space is that there are so many audiences that exist or communities that exist out there that we can go serve. And so the question is like, how do we go serve them? And I think like uh, the the good thing is the goal isn't to go get a million people into a community. In fact, that's probably like a good way to, to ruin your community right off the bat. Um, and so the, the bigger challenge is like, how do you get the right people in? And so if, that That's really where we start with most creators, so like w- what we want to see is like is it a proof of community a right so totally believe that com- that tokens can be used to form new community we've you know worked on a lot of projects like that. But I think like the real low hanging fruit is communities that exist and we empower them with tokens and so then the question is okay, who are the right people to get into this community on chain community and I think there's a lot of interesting approaches that we're we're taking and that we've seen people take to try to filter and, and bring the right people in. And I think from a base like that, where you have 100 or thousand or ten thousand people that are actually kind of get it, they're on board and they're stoked on this thing, then you can start to scale to to the broader broader masses. And it's less of a barrier if you have a large audience already. Some of the, the largest communities out there in the in the social token space have like. 2,500, 3,500 holders of tokens. I think FWB has maybe 800 members within their Discord. There's Facebook groups out there with like 10, 100 acts of that, right?
0: Yeah. Interesting. This is sort of tactical, but I'm I'm just like thinking about the idea of almost finding communities where this type of thing is already happening. Are these always like communities comfortable with crypto or is it more of like the the foundations of what needs to exist for a community to to thrive is there and so introducing crypto is more of an enabler versus like okay these are communities who are comfortable with crypto and you know already have this type of
1: I think we're in this phase where there's like most like a lot of people get crypto. Like a lot of people do. I was, I was speaking at an influencer house in LA a week or two ago. And I asked the question, like how many people have an Ethereum wallet? And I'd say 75, 80% of hands went up. But like that was not the case eight months ago, 10 months ago, like not at all. So I think important to recognize we're in a big shift there. Um, and then for those people who aren't crypto native, most of them want to be, or at least are really intrigued by it. Right. I think there's a sense now that, okay, crypto is not going away. There's like real, money being made here, NFTs have changed it, social tokens have changed it, DAOs are kind of different. I need to pay attention to what's happening here because I saw what happened from web one to web two and I don't want to be left out from web two to web three. So there's people who are willing to like jump through hoops to figure it out to like to lean in. Um so like would I be stoked to go build a, a 55 over lifestyle community? Probably not right now. And and we definitely do default to projects that have a lot more overlap with crypto. But I think what we're seeing is that given a a suitable community size and interest that saying, hey, we're going Web3, come with us is like a great way to get a core community into this thing and and to start building.
0: Yeah, interesting. That surprises me, actually, but I guess it shouldn't. I mean, I think NFTs have definitely brought a lot of people into the space, and I guess this is sort of the next evolution, um which brings me to a tweet that you just had which i thought was interesting which is the idea of building a DAO. it's sort of like the playbook for building a DAO.
1: happy to get into the tweet but uh one other thing around the like, sort of this the mainstream adoption so I, I asked people in that group like how many of you have have uh ethereum addresses and so many people put their hands up but then i sort of dove in like what projects are people most interested in and it really is like the shibas and the doges and so there's sort of this like meme coin interest that i think um on the surface might be like concerning, but I think actually is really interesting underneath, um, which is that people are recognizing that there's value in memes. I think there's memes with more substance than others. I think Ethereum is a meme, Bitcoin's a meme, Shiba Doge, the Moon, Safe Moon. These are all memes as well. So there's no, two memes are not necessarily the same, but I think the fact that people are willing to say actually there's there's this intangible value that surrounds an idea that I'm willing to put my money behind is actually pretty transformative. And I think of, and my bet is that if you can actually anchor it into something bigger, like a community that has self-referencing connections and th- this a mission and desire to create value, that that actually un- unlocks a lot, a lot more.
0: It completely makes sense. And it's interesting because it feels like it is just a snapshot of culture in a given moment. Mm-hmm. Like there are other things that I think play into it, but it does feel like we're seeing an ability for a group of people to own moments of culture in the same way that please or Dow bought that the, the doge meme like do you think that's most of it is this culture piece or do you think there's something behind it where it's like where there's some other value beyond that
1: I think it's it's that and right see it's it's either like people come together to create value that is just like on-chain businesses. That's one. And then you add in the fact that you can own moments of culture, create moments of culture, that that this idea of ownership has changed. So A, we can own a digital file or or asset, but then also the business model that's changed where I don't need to like, I can own it and it actually gets more valuable the more people see it and use it and participate in it. So I I saw somebody, and I can't remember who uh, on Twitter, sort of delineate between like the, the challenge of like, uh copyright or, or IP in web three, which is a, you know, a very difficult thing. If we don't have these entities, how are we going to go own and sell and, and sort of protect copyright? And they said, basically it, it's a shift from like a copyright protection to provenance. What matters right now in web two or in the world is like I, I have a legal right to, and I can control who and gets what to see this. And in, in web three, we're kind of saying actually, well, if I just own like the, the canonical instance of this thing, that that's actually where value is. And so please use it as, as you will. And obviously there's like messiness on, on the side but yeah. I think that's like an an unintuitive change that's happening here that people are going to have a hard time wrapping their heads around.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's someone could have an entire podcast on IP and crypto generally, but also obviously the meme element of things. There are so many things happening at all times. It's like, I can imagine why it's hard for people to get into this space. It's hard for
1: me. Come on. It's chaotic. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It's very chaotic. But that's what I almost liked about to your DAO tweet. Um, It feels so accessible the way that you laid it out. So dive into it because I definitely want to unpack that a little bit.
1: I'm just mostly impressed with my emojis that I used here instead of bullet points. So I think that added to the meme ability. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this is a template that we're seeing roll out quite a bit. And if you look at it some of the projects in the world through this lens, you start to see like the game plan that, that's being rolled out. So the tweet was how to bootstrap a DAO. And step one was to do an NFT drop. So I think like one of the hardest things with DAOs is how do you get revenue or or capital on chain. I mean traditionally that's been like investors or individuals contributing. But I think NFTs, you know, especially if you have if you're Kid Cudi and you drop you know a bunch of NFTs and, and that revenue goes to you know a multi-sig that is sort of community owned okay, now you all of a sudden have on-chain revenue. And if you think of like, okay, this this sort of like an ongoing way of generating revenue or digital merchandise artifacts that we can create as we go. So I think that's interesting. Uh, step two is maybe a little less intuitive, but it's I, this idea of giving NFTs to dope people. As I said before, one of the challenges is how do you get the right people into the community and like literally choosing which people to onboard into a community is like a pretty good way to go about it. Maybe not the most scalable, but the, the opposite is like just, doing a token sale or, or allowing anybody to come buy your NFTs and you really don't have like a judge on who you should let in at that point. So it's sort of this mixture of like selling NFTs to capture revenue and 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 create sort of an anchor of value and then using other NFTs as sort of access or, or membership I think helps to get, get the right people in, in, in the club essentially. And then beyond that, it's just like more infrastructure stuff. So snapshot is a way of like giving people a way to signal and to vote. Based on their token holdings, you know, token gated discord using collab land to say, okay, if you hold a certain number of tokens, you're in the club. And if you don't, you're not in the club. Those two together are really lightweight governance. You can discuss things, put things up for vote, capture them on chain, boom, you're good to go. And then I think, you know, there is still a ton of value once you have the right people in the community and, and there's sort of the sense of membership in dropping your 20 or, or fungible tokens to, to these members, not only does it kind of allow their, them to have more granular voting or governance control, but also it gives you an asset that you can use to like reward people for value that gets created. So you can start paying people for moderating your discord or for bringing in clients or for delivering work. And you can use your native DAO token to do that. So the last point is use your ETH that you've, raised from or generated from selling NFTs and your, your C20 tokens to go do cool shit. I think that's like the, probably the bigger challenge here in creating DAOs, very easy to start, but like really hard to maintain momentum and to create value out in the world. And we just don't really know how to do that. There's not a whole lot of examples out there, and definitely none that have been around for decades or more. So I think, yeah, the intention here is just like super easy to go. People should just start playing around with this stuff. And also there's still a lot to figure out on like the ultimate value that we're able to drive.
0: Yeah. The, the question of like how to, to continue keeping, keeping people engaged, but also continually creating value in these communities, I think is going to be like from an experimentation perspective, really, really interesting to watch. So as part of my like diving fully into DAOs, I contributed like a video to Forefront. And one of the most interesting aspects, which I really want to hear your thoughts on, when you're doing something that's creative like that, it's really hard to be like, this is a bounty, you're done. You know, how are you seeing creators think about that with Seed Club and, and thinking about like, how do you, as someone who's doing something creative, work in a system of like governance, you know, like all these different pieces that, that feel very different from the traditional creative process?
1: Yeah so I think one of the big challenges that these organizations face is how do you how do you turn interest and talent into value for the organization and in a more traditional business it's usually hiring or putting out contract proposals um in the DAO world it's usually around bounties and that's mostly it right now and I think I think we're we're going to see sort of a, a a mixture of like, like the most valuable thing for C club is somebody taking responsibility to move a core part of our, our organization forward. And, you know, we want to resource people who are great at doing that and to empower them to do that and to remove a lot of the, the friction and barriers for them to go do a great job at that. And so our organizational structure is one where we have sort of our, our down members are acting more as a board, empowering smaller teams that go, go and execute. And so I think like the, I think bounties are, are a challenge in so many ways because a project is probably a better way to approach it than a bounty for, for so many things, which is like, Hey, we have this specific need. We want to do this. I'm looking for the right person to come and do this. And then you're able to like choose who that right person is versus, I guess I'm trying to figure out what, how, what's the difference between that and a, and a bounty. I feel like a bounty is just more, more mercenary in some way. Like you're able to come in and hit it and then leave and get your value versus maybe a project ideally is trying to, to bring more talent into the organization and maybe elevate them or move them up and, and create even more opportunities for the, the great people to to do great work. So I think you're almost like opening up the funnel to talent and not all talent is the same. Not all talent is perfectly matched for what you actually need to get done. And so there's a whole lot of decision process or, or filtering that needs to get made there, which creates a whole other type of challenge as a manager of one of these things. Um, but then ultimately, I think because that's so difficult, finding great people and elevating within the organization is, I think, a core function. It's something I definitely don't have like the right answer to. I think my number one frustration is seeing how many talented people are coming at me saying, hey, I want to be a part of this and not having a really clear place for them to, to go and contribute that value. I think that's where boundaries come from. I don't know if they solve that challenge necessarily. Like, I think this idea that DAOs generally are these open and accessible things at a certain level, but to be really effective, they need to be super curated at another level. And the tension between those two, I think, is really, really interesting and something that, yeah, I think if there's like some real value that we push forward as an organization is hopefully trying to figure figure some of that stuff out. And I think if you want to go see great, like Friends with Benefits, Bankless, these are, are two organizations and, and Carlos at Forefront are they're all trying to push out different ways of figuring this sort of stuff out. And I don't think any of them would say they have it figured out just yet, but there's insights coming out on a daily, weekly, monthly basis.
0: I would love to see a newsletter of just like things we're learning as a DAO, like, like all of the top DAOs just putting literally just bullet points of like, shit we try. What worked? What didn't? This is the outcome. Just like shared resources, you know, because it it does feel like that's a big challenge. Even coming into a DAO, like it's it's not it's not easy. Um, All right. Wrapping things up. I want to hear this is a hard question. I'm asking you not super well structured, but generally challenging questions. So I appreciate you dealing with that. Um, What do social tokens look like in five years?
1: I mean, there's there's like the, the the easy answer of that is like, and, and I don't mean this flippantly. I think there's there's billion dollar social tokens in, in the next five years. I think arguably most crypto are social tokens at some level. And so you could argue that, you know, the Uniswap community is a billion dollar community already. But I think very specifically, there'll be a, a community that was not tokenized or it's around an artist or a creator that launches a DAO or launches a tokenized community that's worth a billion dollars in, in market cap. I also think there's just going to be you know, like a hundred, a thousand, just so many more times the, the amount that exists today. Like if you really look at the number of tokenized communities that are effectively out there today, it's that have sort of broken through like the first 10 contributors is pretty, pretty small, but I think we'll see like a, an exponential increase on in that, both as the tools and platforms enable more creators to to step in and do uh, and to launch tokens. Like you see what Bitcloud and, and rally have done really to accelerate the, the number of tokens that exist out in the world. But also I think we'll start to see more composable DAO like tools that will enable more individuals like you and I to go launch something or participate in something and actually earn a good living working within these communities. So I think there'll be professional fans. I think there'll be professional managers of these communities. I think there'll be thousands of them that exist out there. Most people will have exposure through buying an index product that relates to their their favorite group of artists. Uh, It's going to get weird and, and only weirder. Yeah, that's my answer. I'm sticking to it.
0: The idea of professional fans is kind of blowing my mind a little bit. That's a good answer. Okay. Huh. How cool. Well, Jess, Thank you for coming on. Where can people find you? How can they figure out what is going on at C-Club? Explore things. Give us all the, the details.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you can find me on Twitter. I'm that tall guy. If I stood up, you it's proven. I think we saw each other in person, right? So I'm tall. You can vouch for it. Yeah.
0: I okay. think Perfect. I saw okay. you at some point in Miami. At some yes. point.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. So that Twitter tall guy. Though. <laughs> that tall guy on Twitter. Uh, C Club is cclub.xyz or cclubhq on Twitter. Um, our Discord is you know, the place to kind of come and be around like minded people that are trying to figure this stuff out. Um, and we have some exciting things planned as far as events and, and kind of a bit of a relaunch there that people will probably want to be a part of. So you can find the link to that on our Twitter. And that's cclubhq on Twitter
0: sweet. So check out Seed Club. Jess, thank you so much. I so appreciate you being on and answering all of my crazy questions. And yeah, check out Seed Club. Nice, Chase. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. I always forget to do this for podcasts that I like, but it's actually really useful. Also, please hit me up on Twitter if anything resonated with you. I'm at Chaser Chapman. Tweet at me. Let me know what you think. And also let me know if there's anyone you think I should have on the show.